Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlaineCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blen, and I certainly do count it a privilege and a blessing to be here with you today on this, the 27th episode of our podcast. Well, today, BCU family, we are going to talk speech therapy and continue our study on forgiveness out of Matthew chapter 18. So please take the next few moments to get your Bibles, get something to write with, a notebook, a snack, and settle on in. Blank Courages You is coming to you with forgiveness, part three. That's what's coming up next. BCU family. So glad that you are here. Um, We praise God for you and for you wanting to be here with us in this particular study. So we are on forgiveness. We're in part three of our series. So there are parts one and two that you may need to catch up on if you are new to the study, um, if you're landing on this podcast for the very first time. So if you're on the BlaineCouragesYou.com site, what you want to do is just exit out of this podcast um, and go into where it says series and studies, and you should see speech therapy forgiveness parts one and two listed there for your listening and spiritual edification. Likewise, if you are on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or SoundCloud, sort of the same thing. Just head out to the main menu and look for speech therapy forgiveness parts one and parts two, go ahead and listen to those two parts to get your foundation and get some more information and then loop back to part number three. Amen? Amen. Let's get started. So as a bit of a recap, we talked offenders being offended and the proper format to take to air a grievance against someone. So what we're supposed to do is go directly to that person one-on-one. If that doesn't work, we go back to the person taking two or three witnesses. And if that doesn't work out, then we've got to take that person before the church. And we want to be sure that we follow those steps as needful in that order. So if you talk to the person one-on-one and it works out, it's squashed, it's done, We want to move on. So we only go to the next levels if uh, the situation didn't get taken care of. We also learned that many of us have been wrongly dividing the word regarding touching and agreeing. And the scripture where it talks about Matthew chapter 18, where two or three are gathered. Looking at the word in context, Jesus was speaking in terms of the proceedings of how the church would deal with the offender and the offended as it was the church that was carrying out the resolution according to God's word. So whatever those church officials decided, you know, if the situation between you and the offended person had to be brought to the church, whatever was decided, it was binding or it was loose on earth and as it would be in heaven because that decision would line up with what the word of God said or what God said. And of course, Jesus was always in the midst of these proceedings. 
Amen? Amen. So now that takes us up to Matthew chapter 18. We're still, we're still there. And we're now in verse number 21. And we finally get to Peter's question. Then Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus said to Peter, I say not unto you only seven times, but 70 times seven. So notice that Peter offered up a number seven, which does have a significance, meaning completeness or finality. All right. Jesus countered with 70 times seven. So in addition to the number seven, the number 70 signifies perfect spiritual order carried out with all spiritual power and significance. Therefore, 490, which is the result of 70 times 7, signifies spiritual perfection of perfect order and completeness. You know, the interesting thing about this verse is that Jesus is not saying that we should forgive 490 times or simply a lot of times for that matter, We just need to forgive to the point of spiritual perfection. We're just required, really, to forgive to the point where we no longer meditate on the hurt, the anger, or the animosity toward the person who sinned against us. If you still talk about the situation with this fervent passion like it happened yesterday, if you have a feeling of dread, Remorse, bitterness, anger, hatred, vengeance, snide comments, you retreat, murmur, or complain to others about this particular person or what they've done to you or the situation, you have not forgiven that person. Lest we think we might have the all clear in this area It's really a good idea to examine our hearts, to ask God to check us, check our hearts, and be open to what the Word of God has to say to us on this subject. In our last session of Speech Therapy, Season 1, we mentioned that just like there are many containers of forgotten, old, (laughs) ignored, and overlooked things in our refrigerators sometimes, Thinking about mine, I just had to clean my refrigerator out this week. Uh, There are many things that are stored up, that are forgotten until it comes up again, old, ignored, and overlooked, whether purposely or just inadvertently in our hearts. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 through 20 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart, and they, BCU family, they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornications, theft, false witness, and blasphemy. 
These are the things that defile a man. How you deal with forgiving someone tells a lot about your heart and your relationship with God. All right, so that is something for us to really consider seriously, asking the Lord to check our hearts for signs of unforgiveness. Let's go a little further into our text. So we're now down to verse number 23 of Matthew chapter 18. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants? So I, I liken this to an expense account of sorts. Um, this servant likely had some buying or spending power, and obviously he's misappropriated or misspent funds in this parable, and now the accounts needed to be reconciled. So verse 24 says that the counts, when the accounts begin to be reckoned, uh, one was brought to him which owed the king or the Lord 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, verse 25 says, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So let's stop right here at verse number 25. 10,000 talents was about 15 times an average person's salary at that moment in time and would have taken about 150,000 years to repay. So notice that the verse said the wife, the servant, the children, and everything that he had needed to be sold and on top of that payment made. That was nowhere near enough to start the repayment process. There was just no way it was going to happen. And the servant knew this. He knew this, I'm sure. And in verse 26, that servant fell down and worshiped and worshiped the, the Lord and said, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord or that king of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed the servant and forgave him of the debt. And that's verse number 27 in Matthew chapter 18. So there are a few things here. First of all, the servant could have never repaid the king. We, we certainly do know that by the amount um, of money that was owed. Mercifully, the king heard the servant's cry and he loosed, just as we talked about, what's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So you all see that correlation. So he loosed and told him that he was free. The king took the loss and kept the servant. There was no talking about it, bringing it back up, side eyes in the kingdom. He loosed or completely forgave that servant. Just like us, this is the second point, it would take us 150,000 lifetimes, or probably more for me, <laughs> to repay God for the debt that I ran up in sin. Every thought, word, action, act of disobedience, 
sins of omission, commission in my BC, that's my before Christ and my AC, my after Christ life, there's no way that I can ever repay God. Never. So just like that king, our king took our loss, our sins, and bore them on the cross so that we could be free and have eternal life. That thought alone is enough to give God praise for and something we really should keep in mind when we are dealing with others who have wronged us. All right, so that now takes us into verse number 28 of Matthew chapter 18. But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. And that's verses 28, 29, and 30 of Matthew chapter 18. So, all right, we we definitely need to take a closer look at what happened here. Notice that this servant did not run into this friend, you know, in the street or at the square or at the gate. He went to look for his friend. And on top of that, the servant that just got forgiven got physical by laying hands on. I mean, he got his friend by the throat and demanded his money. The friend begged for mercy, just like the servant begged that king, But unlike the king, the servant threw his fellow servant, his friend, in jail. Now let's be clear that 100 pence was about four months salary. So this certainly was not a small amount of money. And that unforgiving servant felt wronged. And I want to say here that feeling angry, hurt, betrayed, disappointed, or let down is not wrong. It's not wrong to feel that way. Apparently, God gave us these emotions for various reasons. What makes it wrong is how we react. If we're reacting in our flesh, we have to control ourselves and react the way that God would have us to as we strive to be more like him and a witness to others. In part one of this series, we made clear or or the Lord made clear that offenses will come and various emotions will come with those offenses. And we know that emotions are not always the most stable or reliable things. So in those times, we want to make sure that we don't go with how we feel, but with the word of God says. Ephesians 4 and 26 says to be angry, but not to sin. We don't let the sun go down on our wrath. In other words, we should not hold on to the offense for a long period of time because that's how many things come out of our hearts and our mouths and our actions and maybe our inactions that are not of God. 
We won't go to the person. We'll talk about them. We won't speak. We'll murmur. We will sit down on God. We'll shut God out of speaking to us through prayer, which should be a two-way conversation. The, the taught or preached word, um, sometimes we're like, mm, I hope that um, so-and-so heard that or we're extra loud when the amen comes, you know, because we want that to be directed to somebody else. Your Bible reading, um, you know, sometimes God has to get you by the lapels to uh, let you know that he's talking to you. That's, that's happened to me. <laughs> or he even allows a trial or series of situations to come forth where you finally have to come to him and ask why. Lack of forgiveness hardens our heart to the point where we can't hear God clearly. Sure, you know, he may be blessing and keeping us, but that's his mercy and grace. And while that mercy endures forever, it may not be extended to us forever, especially if we are practicing to ignore his voice. Next, and very obviously, that servant pretty much forgot that he was loosed from a huge debt. Now listen, BCU family, do we forget what Christ did for us and how he loosed us from our debt and how he keeps forgiving us over and over, even when we offend him or others? Is our compassion limited, biased, or divided? How many people have we held captive in our hearts, stopped speaking to, avoided, or cursed in our minds because they trespassed against us when we sin as well? Now, I didn't say we practice sinning, and perhaps you didn't sin against this particular person, but we do sin, and the Word tells us that we do. 1 John 1 and 8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he, meaning God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So while we may not be practicing sin, some of the things that we meditate on or do or even not do when we ignore the voice of God, when we don't forgive that's sin, and it's wrong, and it's an offense against God. Now listen, um, you know, we've got to forgive 70 times 7. That's 490 times. And again, we're going to lose track of the count. And it's not always easy. Our old nature doesn't want us to, but we have to. If we love people like Jesus wants us to, we have got to forgive so verse 31, everybody, in Matthew chapter 18 says, So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and they came and told their Lord, that king, what was done. So those fellow servants witnessed how the unforgiving servant, you know, jacked up his, his friend and put him into prison for the money that was owed. That, that unforgiving servant was really a poor witness of the mercy that was extended to him. And it really calls us to think about how many Christians, ourselves included, behave this way, the way the unforgiving servant did in front of families, friends, and strangers 
while yet professing Christ. Yeah, that's something that we really need to make sure that we pay very close attention to. Getting into verse 32, then his Lord, after he had called him, called the unforgiving servant, said, O thou wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you desired me to. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And just stopping to interject here really quickly, it's amazing that we can be great defense lawyers for ourselves and great prosecutors for others. Yeah. And then verse 34 of Matthew chapter 18 says, And then his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So this servant's lack of judgment mercy, compassion, and forgiveness got him a one-way ticket into the life of torment until all was paid up. 150,000 years worth. Which of the servant's attitudes do we most have? Do we forgive and forget? Is that situation that we're holding on to worth being delivered to the tormentors? Is that church member and that's who they may be. A church member is very different from a Holy Ghost-filled body of Christ member. Is that situation neutralizing your relationship with Christ and taking you off your assignment? Remember, you are the called according to his purpose. And if we slack on our post in the body of Christ, we negatively impact the rest of the body. On top of that... If we stay stuck in a place of not forgiving, verse 35 of Matthew chapter 18 says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one of his brothers their trespasses. BCU family, we do not want to miss out on heaven because of unforgiveness. Let's ask God to check our hearts and remove all traces of unforgiveness in Jesus' name. Well, listen, we have got to wrap up this podcast. Time is up. Thank you so much for being here with us. I pray that this this word blesses you and transforms you in the name of Jesus Christ. Until the next time we're together, God bless you and stay on the wall.